It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Have you ever wondered why the news plays the same five stories again and again? Let me give you a little hint. Brainwashing and repetition is the most basic form of brainwashing. Join me as we look at the news cycle and talk about why the mainstream media is so gutless and afraid to report the truth. Welcome to Troubled Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and this is the show where the conspiracy is the news. And well, what does that mean? You know what that means. You know exactly what that means. It means that they can't tell us a damn thing without twisting it, spinning it, leaving out details, or adding more fabrication. That's what it means. It means the news is the conspiracy. And of course, since everything is sponsored by Pfizer now, well, you can add that into the list of conspiracies. But the second you say that, you're a dirty, no no good for nothing conspiracy theorist. So there's that, right? But it's okay, because it's still, like I said, we still have the right to be wrong. We still have the right to paint our own narratives and our own futures still yet even though uh, the powers that be would love to take that ability away what's up guys i see you there in the chat thanks for showing up happy friday happy friday to everybody we're just uh kicking it with good friends and talking about some dirty news like we always do so this show actually spawned off of another show we do a show called troubled minds radio which goes monday tuesday wednesday thursday at 7 p.m pacific and we talk about super weird stuff like this week has been super ultra weird uh with uh, some of the topics, which is fantastic. That's the way I like it. And uh, this one, this so this show instead, we used to do uh, this news segment as part of that that uh, Troubled Mind show, but it just grew and grew. The news segment just got more and more because there's so much to talk about. So boom, we just broke it off and created a whole another show called Troubled Minds News, and welcome to it. Welcome to it. So uh, basically, the, the premise is this. The media is dirty and corrupt. They lie to us all the time, and so uh, just little old me curates some news and tries not to politicize it and lie to you. Seems simple, right? It is, actually. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, uh, the, the media rooms around the world see, can't seem to get such a simple thing right. But anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's get to it. So, okay, uh, the way this works, as always, uh, is we, uh, we have an open phone line, open Discord. Like I said, um, this, is, uh, this is not uh, 
speculate or this is not theater where uh, you know you cannot reach out. You can anytime seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven troubleminds.org. That's the whole point of having an open phone line and an open Discord. Is just jump in, come say hi, come be part of this conversation. And there's no uh, there's no there's no barrier. There's no no gatekeepers. No no anything. No no requirements. You just have to be you. That's it. Oh, and be, be I mean be nice. It's cool. I mean, if you want to be nice to me, that's cool, because I'll be nice to you, by the way. But okay, so let's. Uh, that, that's it. Seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link. Get in here and let's talk about the news. Here we go. Happy Friday, guys. If this is from Live Science, yeah. If the universe is a giant computer simulation, here's how many bits would be required to run it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, here we go. The visible cosmos may contain roughly 6 times 10 to the 80th power, or 600 million trillion 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 bits of information, according to a new estimate. Uh, the findings could have implications for the speculative possibility that the universe is actually a gigantic computer simulation. Yeah. Uh, underlying the mind-boggling numbers, an even stranger hypothesis. Six decades ago, German-American physicist, German-American uh, physicist Rolf Landauer proposed a type of equivalence between information and energy, since erasing a digital bit in a computer produces a tiny amount of heat, which is a form of energy. Because of Albert Einstein's famous equation, E equals MC squared, which says that energy and matter are different forms of one another, Melvin Vopson, a physicist at the University of Portsmouth in England, previously conjectured that a relationship might exist between information, energy, and mass yeah all right well um say it again with me 600 million trillion 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 <laughs> sounds like a drink like a fun drinking game every time mike says trillion pound one all right here we go uh quote using the mass energy information equivalence principle i speculated that information could be a dominant form of matter in the universe he told live science and that would be of course the uh, german american physicist rolf landauer uh and uh yes uh Let's see. He told Life Science, information might even account for dark matter, the mysterious substance that makes up the vast majority of matter in the cosmos, he added. Uh, Vopson set out to determine the amount of information in a single subatomic particle, such as a proton or neutron. Such entities can be fully described by three basic characteristics, their mass, charge, and spin, he said. Uh, anyway, uh, I got that name wrong. It was Vopson, not uh, Landauer. Uh, oh, anyway, so there we go. But uh, here's the thing. This this is kind of cool because uh, it's talking about uh, this this relationship between between the two things, between information. And we were just talking about this this week, this past week, about black holes and how they may actually contain information from the beginning of the universe, right? It's got to be stored somewhere, doesn't it? And I think that's part of what this is all about, this whole thing. It's um, it's just strange. It's strange, let's say. And um, yeah, but uh, yeah, trillion, 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 trillion. 
bits. But uh, pretty cool. Uh, I do. I do. Uh, maybe we need to go go back to the the actual um, uh, maybe uh, computer simulation bit coming up soon. Bit. You see what I did there? A trillion, 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 trillion bits. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is an interesting thing to think about. You know, considering the observer effect, I think there's some compelling information to suggest that we actually are living in a simulation. As much as my ego disapproves so there it is there it is uh, let's see um, let's see what <laughs> what's up night stalker says if information was energy you wouldn't have enough to power a motorcycle around the outside of a penny oh classic burn indeed indeed what's up Lacey? what's up uh, james how's everybody out there tonight today tonight see see what i did there all right anyway so uh, this is from live science like i said fascinating this uh, thinking that the universe is actually a simulation and which of course would mean that we ourselves <laughs> are simulations uh the ghost in the shell as it were all right here we go let's continue let's go to gizmodo.com yeah more things. How about more more uh, information? Speaking of information, uh, this is from Gizmodo, and uh, researchers think they figured out how to squeeze 500 terabytes on a DVD-sized disc. Uh, lasers etching glass could one day be a cheaper alternative to tape storage. What in the world? Rugrats joke from back in the day. Nice, nice. I, I didn't ever watch much Rugrats, unfortunately. Uh, I did like the uh, the animation. I thought it looked pretty good. I thought it was one of those, uh, you know, kind of vibey, uh, good-looking type things. So uh, no, no, uh, no ill will to the Rugrats from me. Uh, so here we go. By switching from red lasers to blue lasers with a finer beam, the storage capacity of DVDs went from 4.7 gigabytes to 25 gigabytes to allow Blu-ray discs to hold movies encoded in HD resolutions and beyond. Last week, researchers from the University of Southampton in the UK revealed the next big breakthrough in disc storage capacities, potentially allowing them to hold up to 500 terabytes 1.21 gigawatts when it comes to the long-term storage of digital files that don't need to be readily accessed. Gigantic hard drives aren't actually the most popular solution. It's a lot cheaper to rely on a medium that's been around since the 70s, magnetic tape. Are you kidding me? Are people still using magnetic tape? Get out of here. Uh, a 12 terabyte tape cartridge will set you back about 100 bucks. with the trade-off being it takes a little longer to load files, and a basic tape cartridge reader runs around $6,000. What if that the capacities of tape cartridges could be brought to discs that cost considerably less? At the moment, you can get a blank Blu-ray disc for about a buck. All right, cool. Uh, that's fine. That's fine by me, right? Since 2012, the researchers at the University of Southampton have been working with femtosecond lasers to increase the density of optical storage media. The laser produces powerful but very short waves of light that etch data into the 3D structure glass on a nanoscale level. The first breakthrough showing the technique could work managed to squeeze 40 megabytes of data into a square inch of space. But in 2015, the researchers revealed they'd pushed the technology to store 360 terabytes of data on a, on a tiny glass disc with incredibly stable and resilient to the point of surviving 13.8 billion years at temperatures of up to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Holy smokes. Okay. Anyway, so this is the future, I guess. And uh, I had no idea people were still using magnetic tapes. That doesn't make any sense. But okay, uh, there it is. Uh, apparently, this is a thing. So, you know, looking forward to it. Maybe we're going to be able to, uh, this is how we will encode our consciousness onto a disc and then uh, take it out of our head and then slap it into R2-D2 and bingo. We're there. We've arrived. Yay. Everybody rejoice or not or not. All right. Let's uh, continue, shall we? Let's go to uh, the Press Herald. Where are we at time-wise? Are we good? Ah, everything's fine. Everything looks good. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, how about this? Thousands of intelligence officers refusing vaccine. Risk dismissal. Risk dismissal. Hmm. Intelligence officers. That's weird. Aren't they saying if you refuse the vaccine, you're not intelligent at all? I thought that was the narrative. Anyway, not that the intelligence community is all intelligent, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, The CIA staff is well vaccinated, but some agencies in the 18-member intelligence community had as much as 40% of their workforce unvaccinated. Oh, those dirty conspiracy theorists. Thousands of intelligence officers could soon face dismissal for failing to comply with the U.S. government's vaccine mandate, leading some Republican lawmakers to raise concerns about removing employees from agencies critical to national security. Hmm. Weird. (laughs) Several intelligence agencies had at least 20 percent of their workforce unvaccinated as of late October, said U.S. Representative Chris Stewart, a Utah Republican who is a member of the House Intelligence Committee. CIA Director Brian Burns disclosed publicly last week that 97% of the agency's officers have been vaccinated. And it's the CIA, by the way. So if it was less than 97%, do you think they'd tell us? I doubt it. (laughs) I really doubt it. Uh, Anyway, the National Reconnaissance Office, which operates U.S. spy satellites, has more than 90% of its workforce vaccinated. But Stewart said some agencies in the 18-member intelligence community had as much as 40% unvaccinated. He cited information the administration has proved, uh, sorry, provided to the committee but not released publicly. He declined to identify the agencies because full information on vaccination rates was classified. Exactly. Isn't that what I just said? (laughs) The CIA is pulling one over on us. 97%. 97%, guys. It's, uh, you know why, though? Because they're, um, they are essential and you are not. So just, uh, just, you know, that's the way things work, right? National security, uh, you know, national security isn't stocking shelves at a grocery store or driving a big rig. That's not national security. National security, I tell you what, is whatever the CIA is doing that they can't tell us. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, what's up? Uh, Lacey says, I bought magnetic tape for a poster door. Magnetic tape for a poster door. What does that mean? Can you like go through the, is it like a portal? What do you mean? I'm confused. I'm confused. Magnetic tape for a poster door. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, if you can elaborate, I'd love to hear it. What's up, guys? Uh, <laughs> I call it terror bites. Terror bites. Seriously, right? Oh, boy. All right. Here's, here's another good one. Let's keep on trucking. Let's go to Universe Today. And this is, uh, this is pretty good. Uh, I thought this was, uh, we like to talk about this from time to time, if Galactus is actually out there just destroying things in the deep universe. Or, you know, maybe uh, let's go Lovecraft, because why not? Uh, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the app. 
Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Uh, this is, yeah, what's snuffing out galaxies before their time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. In the Milky Way, the information rate of stars is about one solar mass every year. About 10 billion years ago, it was 10 solar masses every year. What happened? Uh, stars are born in giant molecular clouds and as GMCs, they call them. And astronomers think that the environment in galaxies affects these clouds and their ability to spawn new stars. Sometimes the environment is so extreme that entire galaxies stop forming new stars. What the hell is that? Astronomers call this quenching. Quenching. That's an odd term. And they want to know what causes it. Uh, galactic quenching is one of astrophysics' long-standing mysteries. Astronomers and astrophysicists have studied the phenomenon in detail and come up with different possible explanations. One idea is called black hole feedback. In that scenario, as a supermassive black hole in a galactic center draws in material, it releases energy back into the galaxy. That energy feedback disrupts the galaxy's gas supply. Gas from the halo no longer flows into the galaxy to fuel star formation. Uh, interesting. All right, cool. Uh, other researchers have pointed to galaxy mergers and harassment as the culprit. Harassment. I like it. So we got uh, galactic, what is this? Uh, galactic quenching and galactic harassment. Harassment. Yeah. <laughs> some, some have focused uh, on how long the quenching process takes. Some have found evidence that it happens in only 100 million years. Hear that? In only 100 million years. Others have found that it may take billions of years. 1.21 gigawatts. There are lots of questions about the process of galactic quenching, of course. A new survey will help astrophysicists tackle the question. Its title is Vertico, the Virgo Environment Traced in CO Survey. Yeah, acronyms. Love them. And it's available on the arxiv.org preprint server, which is where a lot of this stuff comes from, by the way. You guys can check out that in particular if you're interested. There's a, there's a lot of actual uh, cool scientific papers uh, that have been peer-reviewed, I think, and also not peer-reviewed yet. Um, there's a whole bunch on here. So there is the link to that if you're interested. Uh, pretty cool stuff there. And that's where a lot, of, a lot of the science news comes from. They just rip it straight from that and write the article and, you know, uh, make it sound good. Make it sound good. And so anyway, uh, the survey is going to uh, takes a different tack. It's instead of focusing on 
individual galaxies that experience quenching, it looks at galaxy clusters, and galaxy clusters can be very extreme environments, and they're a focus of study in astrophysics. So there we go. Quenching and galactic quenching, galactic harassment, and uh, maybe Galactus is out there after all, just uh, tearing stuff up. You never know. You never know. All right, so uh, as we do the thing, we're going to take a quick break uh, with a word from our sponsor, which, of course, is... You. Are you digging the show? If so, you can support us quite easily and at no additional cost to you if you already have an Amazon Prime account. Since we stream on Twitch every day, all you have to do is link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, and they give you free games on a monthly basis for your personal use, and also a bonus $5 a month to send to your favorite streamer as a way to bring more people to Twitch. And all you have to do is sync up to two accounts and click subscribe. Thanks for considering us. All right. All right. Thank you for that. Let's keep on moving. Let's move, shall we? Uh, let's do this. Beep, beep. How you doing? What's up, Bailey? We Okay. We have USA Today. Researchers say they finally know why slabs of glass litter this desert. An ancient exploding comet. Yeah. Yeah, right? Now we're talking. Now we're in business here. An ancient fireball that blasted by a massive desert in Chile some 12,000 years ago created slabs of twisted glass that measure up to a foot and a half in length. Uh, That's according to a newly published study that called the objects the first clear evidence of glass created by a comet or comets exploding at a low altitude just above the Earth's surface. That would have been a hell of a fireworks show, wouldn't it? Uh, That's according to a newly published study that called the objects the first clear evidence. Oh, I already read that. The explosion likely unleashed ultra-high temperatures that turned parts of the desert soil into pieces of silicate glass the study says what in the world and my article just vanished dick don't do that all right got it back uh let's see we just read that a 2012 study uh detailed a large collection of glassy slabs thrown across a nearly 50 mile stretch of the atacama desert in northern chile but researchers were puzzled for years as to how they were created um puzzled i mean yeah okay anyway uh one theory suggested they were created during an intense grass fire but the new peer-reviewed study published this week in geology says that can be ruled out the glass objects contain minerals often found in extraterrestrial rocks and share some of the same composition as as a space rock called wild 2 a comet examined by nasa on its stardust mission so here's that other one from geology here you go here's some more scientific paper stuff if you guys are into into that there you go all right uh, more scientific papers this is from the pub pubs.geoscienceworld.org this one is peer-reviewed pretty cool stuff uh, uh I, I dig the science when uh, you know it's not the trust the science propaganda uh so yeah this is neat uh quote those minerals are are what tell us that this object has all the markings of a comet said scott harris of the fernback science center in atlanta and co-author of the study and the glasses generally take a black or green color and show characteristics of being exposed to extreme temperatures perhaps in excess of three thousand degrees fahrenheit uh, according to pete schultz an author of the study and professor at brown university interesting three uh, excess of three thousand degrees fahrenheit do you think that'd be enough to bring down tower seven 
just asking for a friend. Uh, anyway, their shapes show evidence of sliding, shearing, twisting, rolling, and folding before they solidified into their current formation, the study said. And uh, interestingly, the tentative dating on the glasses formation coincides with the disappearance of a group of large animals in South America, though researchers say they aren't ready to determine causation just yet. That's pretty cool. Quote, it's too tuned to say if there was a causal connection or not, but what we can say is that this event did happen around the same time as when we think the megafauna disappeared, which is intriguing, Schultz said in a statement. And there we go. Yeah, there's uh, some photographs of the glass itself, the, 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 you know, desert turned to glass, and boom. Actually, boom. How's everybody doing? No article for you. Happy Friday, guys. We made it. We made it. One more Friday. Uh, all right. So let's see. Where are we at? I think time's good. I think articles are good. I think I'm good. Everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. Megafauna, like the Titans. Yeah. So the, the meteor exploding was Clash of the Titans. Pow. Or Comet. I'm sorry. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Not. Not Meteor. Comet, mind you. Uh, all right. So this is pretty cool. This is from Robert. Uh, Robert over there uh, of Rockfin Robert fame. I'm just going to call him Rockfin Robert from now on. Uh, he he actually sent this over. He sent a few articles over that we're looking at today. And as, as always, guys, you know you're invited to uh, submit uh, submit things uh, to the show, ideas. You're, you're welcome to be on the show, all that stuff. Speaking of which, 702-957-1037, troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link. Uh, but, of course, uh, if you want uh, me to talk about a particular article for whatever reason, uh, uh, you think it's neat? You, you want uh, some commentary? You just you just want to want to submit it? You're welcome to just join the Discord at troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link. It will give you a direct invite, and you can just uh, drop the link in there and say, "Hey, Mike, this is uh, something that's pretty pretty cool for uh, the news show," and I'll use it because why not, right? Uh, Rockbert, Rock Rob Finn, right? See, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this is from Robert of Rockfin fame, and this is pretty cool. This is from NewAtlas.com, and yeah. Ant-inspired quadruped robots linked together to overcome obstacles. Yeah, how could this go wrong? <laughs> uh, so, so now when you you know in the Hollywood moment where you're escaping the robot horde and you jump across the bridge just as it collapses and you're like, wow, we made it. Well, now they'll just hitch together and build a bridge themselves. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, well. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's in a foraging ant. Sorry, if a foraging ant encounters a gap too wide for it to cross on its own, the insect will sometimes signal other ants to form a bridge of their linked bodies. Such behavior has now been copied in a small four-legged robot that may someday inspire better search and rescue bots. Ah, see, it's always about search and rescue, isn't it? And then, well, then it's about uh, <laughs> seek and destroy. Uh, I, I'm only mostly kidding. Uh, quadruped robots definitely have some advantages over their wheeled counterparts, including the fact that they can step up and over obstacles while traversing rough terrain. It is therefore envisioned that collaborative swarms of such robots could ultimately find use in applications such as such as <laughs> I can't say it, such as searching for survivors at disaster sites. Uh, here's a tongue twister for you. Such 
<laughs> I can't do it. Such as searching for survivors. Such as searching for survivors. Such as searching for survivors. There you go. Uh, say that ten times fast. Anyway, even legged robots, however, can still be stopped by deep chasms or obstacles that are too steep to climb. With these limitations in mind, the University of Notre Dame's Assistant Professor Yasmin Ozkan Aydin, I think I did it, built a batch of 3D printed four-legged robots that can work together to bypass such challenges. Each one measures 15 to centimeters in length, that'd be six to eight inches, and incorporates a lithium polymer battery, a microprocessor, a front-mounted light sensor, plus one magnetic touch sensor in front and another in the rear. When the bot gets stuck by test items such as wooden blocks glued to a particle board, it wirelessly sends a signal to other robots in its vicinity. Once those robots arrive, they use their magnetic touch sensors to establish their orientation relative to one another and to link their bodies together in a chain. In this way, they can form a gap-crossing bridge or an obstacle-climbing train. Plus, they can even work together to carry objects too large or heavy for an individual bot to manage. Like I said, if this isn't the stuff of nightmares, well, I don't know what is. <laughs> exactly. Voltron is the next step. Exactly. They're going to be able, or Transformers, right? They're going to there's going to be 22 little Volkswagen Beetles that are going to just form together into, uh, I don't know, what, like a, a Humvee, a search and rescue something or other. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> One bot for many capable of taking any form, says James. Where have we heard that before? Which uh, which comic book, which uh, which sci-fi movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when do I get my mech? Exactly. That, that's exactly what this is about. So uh, we're talking about, you know, flying cars, maybe in the air, but uh, coming to a, a who knows, a, a, a Best Buy near you may be your own mech. You can put together from singular little pieces. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is pretty cool and interesting and also right. Uh, take it to the extremes. And it's also terrifying. It's terrifying. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see. What else do we got? How's everybody doing? You know the drill. We are uh, at uh, the end of the week, Friday style, just kicking it uh, and talking about some news. And why not uh, an ins- ant-inspired quadruped robots? Because, uh, you know, in case your nightmares weren't horrifying enough. Well, welcome to it. Welcome welcome to your new new dystopian nightmare. Uh, so, yeah, why not? Why not, Gibby? Why not? So, okay, uh, so that's what's going on. As you guys know, if you guys have comments on this or just want to say hi, show feedback, you want to uh, uh, suggest a show for the future, you know, we got time for you. If you want to be part of this, give us a call, 702-957-1037, troubleminds.org. Click the Discord link. Uh, all right, let's see. What do we got? We're okay time-wise. Let's see. What's up, Vicky? Especially for those of us who are scared of bugs. There you go. Well, you know, how could it be any worse than, you know, digital bugs that work together and call each other for help? I mean, you know, it's, it can't get any worse, right? Creepy crawlies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's do one more, and then we'll uh, take a quick break here. Let's uh, Let's go to CNN. Uh, this is kind of cool. This is uh, submitted by James, actually. What's up, James? I think uh, I think he's the one who shared this link on Discord. Uh, don't forget, this is from CNN, the most trusted source in news. Uh, Three hundred million year old fossil skeleton in Utah could be the first of its kind. Uh oh, uh oh. Has anybody seen Stargate? 
SG-1, check this out. An approximately 300-million-year-old fossil skeleton discovered at Canyonlands National Park in Utah could be the first of its kind, researchers say. The exact species and classification have yet to be determined, but the fossil is a tetrapod. A tetrapod, meaning animal with four legs, and could be an early ancestor of either reptiles or mammals. Paleontologists have determined the fossil could be anywhere from 295 million to 305 million years old between the Pennsylvanian and the Permian geologic time periods. Uh, Quote, it's a phenomenal specimen. You do not see something like that very often, so it's really significant for that in itself, said Adam Marsh, lead paleontologist at Petrified Forest National Park in Arizona. But what it indicates is that there's probably more fossils out there, especially at Canyonlands, in this really important time interval. And if you look at this, look at the photograph of this thing. Uh, They have it, uh, it appears to be some long, skinny thing with a um, I don't know. It looks like it might be a uh, a gooauld. <laughs> you guys seen Star Trek or sorry, Stargate SG One? Look at that thing. I mean, just just going off what the fossil looks like in the photograph. I mean, you know, imagine that thing with some creepy little legs or something, and yeah, a little uh, what's up to ply a little reptile mouth. Yeah, anyway, maybe, uh, yeah, fact and fiction come together in one bizarre little thing. Anyway, a team of scientists and paleontologists from the Petrified Forest, I already read that. Uh, The fossil was found as a complete skeleton, and the bones were in their life positions, meaning the same position as when the animal was alive. The the, the fossil appears to be an early amniote, which is a long-living vertebrate that lays eggs, according to Adam Hutton Locker, an outside specialist on the team who researches only tetrapod, uh, early tetrapod fossils and is an assistant professor at USC. Uh, the complete skeleton allows scientists to analyze the evolution of amniotes in addition to the ancestors of early reptiles and mammals. There you go. Amniote. There's the term. Amniote. Yeah, well, anyway, now you know, and uh, as they say, no one is half the battle. So, all right, let's uh, let's take a uh, quick break here, and we'll get back in just a second. You're listening to Troubled Minds News. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Troubled Minds News, and let's continue, shall we? Oops, that's the wrong button. Oops, there we go. There, you know, you first, you, if at first you don't succeed, just keep smashing buttons. Yeah, so uh, we're just we're just hanging out, talking at, talking about the news. It's uh, it is Friday, and uh, had a fantastic week at Troubled Minds Radio, and all kinds of crazy stuff going on over there. And well, here we are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, smash the buttons. Smash. <laughs> there you go. Smash all the buttons. You never know, right? Sometimes, um, sometimes you do the right combination, and you unlock the, the code to the universe. Uh, by smashing all the right buttons. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, something like that. So, all right, so uh, on from uh, Stargate SG-1 and then finding the actual skeleton of a goo-ow-ooled, as they're called, uh, let's go to uh, this. Let's go to futurism.com. And we just saw this. This just happened not too long ago. And it was um, uh, it was 
on Halloween night, they said we were supposed to get a coronal mass ejection, a CME or solar flare. All right. Well, uh, that happened. And apparently it didn't do you know any any damage or didn't there weren't any serious uh, problems as far as we're aware. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just what happens. Right. Some maybe some radio interference, that type of thing. That's what you would expect from a CME. But apparently, well, apparently there's uh, there's more on the way. Uh, eruption from the sun may affect power grid, scientists say. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There it is. All right. All right. You got it. You got it. Dance. Michael Strange. Dance. All right. There it is. Boom. You got it. All right. So uh, GPS systems could also experience, quote, intermittent issues. All right, here we go. A massive solar storm is bombarding the Earth with so much radiation that it could interfere with power grids. The Space Weather Prediction Center, the SWPC, which is run by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Atmospheric Administration, the NOAA, has warned in a Thursday statement that the storm could cause possible power system voltage irregularities. Yeah, now we're talking. Spacecraft could also experience surface charging, which can cause hazardous discharges of excess electrons, while low-Earth orbit satellites could experience orientation problems due to increased drag. GPS systems could also experience intermittent issues. In other words, the sun is not messing around. Yeah. All right. So anyway, the sun's activity has been steadily increasing in intensity as it nears the highest point of activity during its 11-year cycle. The latest warning is a reminder that while our planet's atmosphere acts like a highly effective barrier that shields us from harmful radiation, it won't be able to protect all the electronic systems we've put in place, particularly those currently orbiting the Earth. According to NASA, one flare got so intense last month that it registered as an X1 class flare upon detection, which is one of the most intense of its kind, which I think wasn't that the Halloween one, right? Just just not just a few days ago. Um, the ongoing solar storm is also causing the appearance of auroras or northern lights across stretches of North America. According to the SWPC statement, auroras may be seen as low as Pennsylvania to Iowa to Oregon. Has anybody seen some uh, rogue auroras out there in the night sky? Anybody seen that stuff? Um, pretty cool if that's happening. Uh, I like it. Uh, you know, why not? I want to see some auroras. Send them down to Vegas, please. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, this is pretty interesting. So it is, uh, we've talked about the 11 year cycle of the sun before, how it has a maximum and a minimum and they, they happen in those 11 year cycles. So we're on the, in the high point. So, uh, hopefully, uh, things get, things get dicey. Uh, let's see if they start knocking satellites out the sky. I don't think, uh, by the way, that that would be like an apocalyptic scenario. So don't, uh, don't put me down as being the guy that hopes the world's going to end because I'm not that guy. But uh, it, it would be interesting if they fried a satellite or two, huh? Uh, so, so anyway, so let's see what happens. Hopefully, uh, one of the ones with like bombs on it that, that that'd be super cool. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's see or let's say lasers, dir- directed energy weapons. All right, here we go. Uh, what else? According to the estimate, blah blah. Okay, the topic of space weather will only become more important as humanity spends more and more time traveling outside of our planet's protective bubble. The unusually high levels of radiation involved could eventually pose a very real danger to astronauts okay does that surprise anybody that doesn't surprise me at all but uh here we are you guys want to be part of the show uh questions comments uh show feedback uh, anything you're welcome 702-957-1037 troubledminds.org click the discord link and voila voila all right let's do this let's go to uh SciTech daily 
Uh, this is pretty cool. Speaking of space and uh, planetary defense, well, NASA prepares to launch DART to deflect asteroid with kinetic impact. Yeah, all right. So here we are actually launching things to bump asteroids, and uh, we'll file this under how could this go wrong. Uh, DART, let's see, uh, let's see. DART will be the world's first planetary defense test mission heading for the small moonlit asteroid Dimorphos, which orbits a larger companion asteroid called Didymos, and intentionally crashing into the asteroid will slightly change its orbit. While neither asteroid poses a threat to Earth, DART's kinetic impact will prove that a spacecraft can autonomously navigate to a target asteroid and kinetically impact it. Then, using Earth-based telescopes to measure the effect of the impact on the asteroid system, the mission will enhance modeling and predictive capabilities to help us better prepare an actual asteroid should one ever be discovered a threat anyway so uh yeah this is kind of cool uh this is this is where we're at i guess technology wise and you know let's uh let's send a little craft out there to with like a little bumper i guess and just just slam into the thing and see what happens right like i said let's file this under how could this go wrong because you know maybe uh maybe you upset the balance maybe who knows i don't know yeah there you go and quint's got it right robert says i kind of like billiards eight ball in the corner pocket exactly and you notice how balls tend to hit each other on the pool table that's kind of my point we'll file this under how could this go wrong (laughs) how could this go wrong yeah yeah exactly solar flares like nuts right uh all over the place but yeah this is neat So, DART will be the first demonstration of the kinetic impactor technique in which a spacecraft deliberately collides with a known asteroid at high speed to change the asteroid's motion in space, said Lindley Johnson, NASA's planetary defense officer. Uh, I I totally want that job. I want to be NASA's planetary defense officer. How sick is that that job title, right? Uh, Anyway, she continues. Uh, Lindley, is that he or she? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. This technique is thought... Lindley Johnson is the important part, the name. This technique is thought to be the most technologically mature approach for mitigating potentially hazardous asteroid, and it will help planetary defense experts refine asteroid kinetic impactor computer models, giving insight into how we could deflect potentially dangerous near-Earth objects in the future. There you go. There's there's Dart. Look at that big old truck with whatever the hell's going on. Yeah, neat stuff. Yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, over the last year and a half, while following the pandemic and health safety protocols, engineers built Dart from a collection of parts to a fully assembled spacecraft. Engineers outfitted the spacecraft with the various technologies that the mission will test, including NASA's Next C ion propulsion system that was designed to improve performance and fuel efficiency for deep space missions and a flat slotted high gain antenna for efficient communication between earth and the spacecraft wait ion propulsion is that i thought that was science fiction is that real am i dreaming about something else ion propulsion they say hmm I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Thoughts on this? Anything else? 702-957-1037. And troubleminds.org. Click the Discord link. Let's uh, go to this. This is from arstechnica.com. This is one near and dear to my heart. Climate change. Well, the blame game. How much are we responsible for recent wildfires? wildfires know what i'm saying all right well let's let's look humans are at least 68 percent responsible for wildfires in the western u.s hold on though didn't they tell us it was all about climate change every bit of it it has nothing to do with babel climate change 
Yeah. This summer, the western United States saw a truly devastating wildfire season. Across the country, more than 48,000 wildfires raged, damaging more than 6 million hectares of land. It would be nice to think that humans weren't the primary cause of these events and that natural changes in weather patterns contributed to how dry and fire-prone parts of the world had become. See? There it is. Right there. They admit it. It would be nice to think. It would be nice to think. All right? Nice to think, because it would fit the narrative perfectly. However, but the the reality isn't so nice. Climate change is likely the cause of the wildfires, according to new research that aimed to quantify just how much blame we can lay at the feet of natural causes when it comes to the increasing rates of wildfires in the U.S.'s west. Quote, we want to know how much of this increase in fire weather is just changing weather patterns and how much cannot be explained by changing weather patterns. Rong Fu, one of the paper's authors and professor at UCLA's Department of Atmospheric and Oceanic Sciences, told ARS. The research began a year ago. Fu and her colleagues live in California and were all impacted by the wildfires, so they wanted to investigate what is causing them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Gibby's got it right. You're not allowed to think. Let me think for you. Have you seen that meme where the there's like the cop... It's like, excuse me, citizen, you've had a little too much to think. Yes, exactly. What's up? What's up, Rivers? How you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. What's going on, guys? Yeah, let's, let's calm down. Calm down on the thinking here. In any case, uh, how bad is it? Fu and her team deployed the technique called an ensemble constructed flow analog, which sounds super hot. In short, they looked back in time between 1979 and 2010 in the region and found cases in which the naturally occurring weather looked much as it does now. Uh, from there, they looked at a figure called the vapor pressure deficit, basically how dry and thirsty the area is. <laughs> I said thirsty. Uh, anyway, both in the historic and modern cases, VPD is the leading cause of forest fires on the U.S. West Coast and many other places around the world. So if the modern VPD is higher than it was in historic cases with similar weather patterns, it would suggest that there is a non-natural component to how fire-prone things are currently, yeah, which means people are just starting fires right yeah you can't say that here we go to make matters worse uh here we go uh in all the research suggests that only 32 percent of vpd trends can be attributed to natural causes the remaining 68 percent or so cannot and it's likely that climate change is the culprit oh i see even though the 68 percent is uh again people burning things down humans are at least 68 percent responsible and so they're trying to say through climate change but once again notice right the actual responsibility here is like who set the fire who set the don't forget who set the fucking fire right there's like people that set these damn fires and nobody wants to talk about it it's a little weird it's like oh you say that and then you're you're a science denier you're a you're an asshole right it's like come on now come on now let's 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 use let's use the most important muscle this one right here uh, uh, anyway, so they're, and even though they say 68%, they're still trying to make the case that this is all climate change. All right. Well, it's like, it's like the Snopes fact checked, right? 
where they're like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, mostly true or mixture. You're like, oh, yeah, copy that, guys. Copy that. Fantastic. All right, here we go. Space.com. More good stuff. Uh, can a digital replica of Earth, speaking of climate disaster, save the world from climate disaster? Hmm. Yeah, a digital replica of Earth could help scientists better model the future of our planet and find solutions to problems wrought by climate change. Ow! my favorite. The advanced model dubbed Digital Twin Earth is being developed by the European Space Agency and its partners based on data and images from Earth observation satellites and sensors on the ground. To run reliably, the project will require new advanced artificial intelligence algorithms and powerful supercomputers, which are currently being developed. Oh, yeah. ESA and its partners discuss their progress in the run-up to the UN Climate Change Conference, COP26. That's why all this stuff is in the news, by the way. Uh, the COP26. Uh, Greta was there and um, some other stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, there was there was some weirdness to all this COP26 stuff. Remember, the queen couldn't show up and, she, and then she showed up on Skype or I don't know. If you guys followed that, Greta was there and was like, not good enough, not fast enough. And, you know, basically just another year in the conference, uh, standard stuff. But uh, this is currently taking place in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, there we go. ESA launched the Digital Twin Earth Project in 2020 and invited researchers and tech companies from across Europe to present their progress during an event called Fee Week. Is it Fi? Fee? P-H-I. Fee, Fi, Fo, Fum. Fee Week, which took place October 11th to October 15th. Uh, the goal of this planetary mega model is to simulate the effects of various natural processes and and human activities on the planet and model scenarios of future evolution. For example, scientists might be able to model how replacing fossil fuel energy generation in a certain region with renewable power plants changes concentration of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and how that shift in turn affects the rate of sea level rise. Nice. At the, the Fee Week conference, ESA's partners introduced several partial models, uh, scale, uh, smaller scale twins focused on various regions of the Earth and the planets. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Words, words, words. All right. This is, uh, yeah. Can a digital replica of Earth save the world from climate disaster? I think most importantly, the headline is uh, super hilarious. And well, here we are. Here we are. More climate models. Now we just need little twin Earths, and surely that will make everything super accurate. Uh, yeah. What's going on, guys? What's up, Matt? What's up, James? What's up, Rivers? Uh, yeah, my, Rivers says, my friends are not happy. Their kids went on that protest with Greta, and she taught them to chant swear words. Yes. Go, Greta, go. Go, Greta, go. Go, Greta, go. Yeah. Uh, how dare she? How dare how dare she? You know what drives me the most insane about this stuff is you, you see these youngsters where, uh, waving these signs that say things like, you know, you will die of old age. I will die of climate change. Have you seen this stuff? Like these, like these, these, like maybe 12 or 13 or 14 year olds, like waving these signs. It's like, are you serious? Like, like that, that can't be real. Can that be real? You will die of old age. We will die of climate change. Vote for this guy. Hmm. That, that doesn't seem susceptible to uh, the manipulation at all, does it? <laughs> does it? Uh, anyway, uh, you see why some of this gives me a bellyache. And like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a denier. I'm not a denier. I'm not that asshole. I'm a different asshole. I'm the one who thinks that all of this climate alarmism doesn't help. 
You, you make people suspicious when you say things like this, when you, when you have little ch- children waving signs that say, I will die of climate change. Are you shitting me, people? Yeah, right. Eh, okay. Anyway, let us continue, shall we? Uh, back to the back to the black holes here, and uh, let's go back to this. We did a great great show this week on black holes on troubled minds. So let's talk a little bit more about it. This actually would have fit in nicely, but it happened after we did that show. But check this out: black holes grow along with the universe's expansion. Study suggests, yeah. All right, that's cool. Uh, Since the first observation of merging black holes in 2015, astrophysicists have been repeatedly surprised by their large masses. They originally expected the black holes would have masses less than about 40 times that of the sun. The LIGO and Virgo observatories, however, have found many black holes with masses greater than 50 solar masses, with some as massive as 100 solar masses. A new study published in the Astrophysical Journal Letters is the first to show that both large and small black hole masses can result from a single pathway wherein the black hole gains mass from the expansion of the universe itself yeah that's cool astronomers typically model black holes inside a non-expanding universe uh very much like uh the climate change models by the way not that the earth is expanding but you know what i mean it's called complexity theory and we can't know all the data because well we're not a type one civilization yet but we're working on it, I guess, with these, with Greta and the signs. But anyway, I digress. Uh, it's an assumption that amplifies Albert Einstein's equations because a universe that doesn't grow how much uh, doesn't grow has much less to keep track of," said Professor Kevin Croker, an astronomer at the Department of Physics and Astronomy, the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Uh, "Quote: There is a trade-off, though. Predictions may only be reasonable for a limited amount of time." Yeah, all right, that's cool. Because the individual events detectable by LIGO Virgo only last a few seconds when analyzing any single event. This simplification is sensible, but those same mergers are potentially billions of years in the making. During the time between the formation of a pair of black holes and their eventual merger, the universe grows profoundly. If the more subtle aspects of Einstein's theory are carefully considered, then a startling possibility emerges. The masses of black holes could grow in lockstep with the universe, a phenomenon that Professor Croker and colleagues call cosmological coupling. Oh, isn't that adorable? Uh, but we were talking about this, right? People, uh, the, the scientists, as it were, astronomers, uh, astrophysicists, all these fine folks uh, don't know why there were supermassive black holes in the very beginning. Well, this actually could account for that, couldn't it? So if you have a rapid expansion in a small black hole that is actually uh, warped by just the expansion of the universe itself, that could account for some of this stuff. So anyway, interesting. It's a shame that uh, this came out two days after we did the black hole show because it would have fit in nicely. But whatevs, what can you do? I guess I'll have to time travel and do another black hole show that includes this. Maybe it'll be just a little bit better. And yeah, there we go. Let's see where we at time-wise. Everything good. How's everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to all the things, and uh, I hope you are well. And yeah, 702-957-957. 1037. You want to be a part of the show, troubleminds.org. As you guys know, uh, everybody's invited to be on this show. And uh, this is, again, this show, this show in particular, and the other uh, are, are just, um, it's us. It's about us. It's about just people being people. And like I've always said, you don't have to be Linda Moulton Howe or Richard Dolan or any of these people, right, to, to be on this show. You just have to be you. You have to be concerned. You have to be, you know, you have to just be you. That's it. That's it. And not be a D bag, right? That's it. 
super simple, couple rules. But so just going to throw it out there because I don't probably don't say it enough that uh, you're all invited. So if anybody wants to be on the show, by the way, uh, speaking of uh, you're all invited, uh, Jennifer of uh, Troubled Minds fame, uh, calling into almost every show and having mind blowing stuff will co-host the show next week with me because everybody is invited. So there you go. So if you guys are interested in that or uh, you want to uh, be in for a segment or whatever, uh, you guys are all welcome. And that's part of this. That's part of uh, kind of getting together and talking to each other as part of the rest of this stuff. So so that's coming to a Troubled Mind show near you uh, next week. So on the way. But uh, I want to just uh, pass it out. Uh, be very clear that you all are invited. So let's take a quick break and get one more word from our sponsor. And then uh, let's wrap this up. Are you digging the show? If so, you can support us quite easily and at no additional cost to you if you already have an Amazon Prime account. Since we stream on Twitch every day, all you have to do is link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, and they give you free games on a monthly basis for your personal use, and also a bonus $5 a month to send to your favorite streamer as a way to bring more people to Twitch. And all you have to do is sync up to two accounts and click subscribe. Thanks for considering us. All right, easy as that. All right, let's uh let's uh read some chat. Oh, let's see. Two ply highlighted the chat here. Could time travel be real? But when you do time travel, you were stuck in the location. So yes, you travel in time, but the Earth is either past that spot or hasn't reached it, and you travel to empty space. I like the thought. I like the thought. I don't know. I think uh, the Einstein curvature of space time may lock you into that that bubble. So I don't know. Uh, I, I like the idea. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not smart, really, in most capacities, so I'll say maybe. How about maybe? Will you take that as an answer? <laughs> maybe. As I, as I drink the maybe juice. Uh, that's, that's always the joke on Troubled Minds, drinking the maybe juice. Okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, that, that would be bad, right? That would be bad. James says, that would be bad. I made it back. OMG, I can't breathe. Oh, I can't breathe. Exactly. All right. So, so as we wrap this up, you guys know the drill. This is a, this we'll do this show on Monday and Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific, but we do Troubled Minds Radio Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. And we're just uh, cranking out lots of content. Got some other stuff planned as usual, as always, working on things, trying to get new ideas out there. And um, yeah, so that's what's up. If you guys want to be part of the show, got a couple minutes for left for you 702-957-1037 let's go to this let's go to yeah how about the jerusalem post remember how i always joke that uh, it seems like every damn week there's a there's a, a new asteroid about to hit the earth and the clickbait is hot and heavy and bam you click it you click it you get the ad revenue and then next week there's another one and this is, I think it's part of the conditioning process. You know what I'm saying? Like we've said this before, is that uh, if, you, if you say there's an asteroid every single week that's going to hit the Earth or it's really close, a flyby sort of situation, uh, then the, the elites will have a few days to hop on the jets and get to New Zealand, won't they? Or Hawaii or whichever island they've purchased. <laughs> My island. Anyway, uh, the asteroid the size of Eiffel Tower heading for Earth in December. Oh, no, not the Eiffel Tower this time. The last one was a Statue of Liberty. Whoo! Or the size of a Volkswagen. Anyway, dubbed 4660 Nereus, or 1982 DB, this vaguely egg-shaped asteroid has a size of approximately 330 meters. But while considered potentially dangerous, it also has the potential for exploration. 
Yeah, now we're talking. Exactly. Bezos buying Maui. Exactly. Uh, is that Zuck? Or are they both? Are they split it? I don't know. Anyway, uh, there you go. So dubbed, uh, there we go. For comparison, the distance between Earth and the moon is about a thousandth of that, around 385,000 kilometers, meaning, okay, so that it is set to pass by the planet on December 11th at a distance of approximately 3.9 million kilometers and at a speed of 6.578 kilometers per second, which is fast. It's pretty fast. For comparison, the distance between the Earth and the Moon is about a thousandth of that, like I just said. As such, despite being classified as a potentially hazardous asteroid, a PHA, due to its size and close proximity to Earth, it seems unlikely to pose a threat to the planet. Ah, oh, damn it. I clicked this article, and here we are. No threat? Are you kidding me? Man. Anyway, the, the, the joke is that, well, pretty much almost every single damn week since we've been doing this show for three and a half plus years now, there's always one of these in the damn, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in these damn news cycles. Like it's literally every, it's ridiculous. Oh, meteor flyby close past, no danger, no danger. But notice there's no, no danger in the, uh, in the, uh, in the headline. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, it wants you to, you know, scroll down so you could get the ad, the, anyway, the ads. Uh, but while considered potentially dangerous, right? It also has the potential for exploration right there in the uh, the actual uh, subheadline. You see it right there. Here we go. So again, right? It doesn't say anywhere that it's not actually dangerous, right? It says, while considered potentially hazardous, right there. Yeah, I'm not making this up. This is just more BS, more spin, more about how they word things. Clearly, this is not a threat whatsoever. Well, until it is, right? And there you go. Exactly. James has it right. I'm getting so mad, I'm all choked up. No, just just drinking some coffee. Uh, good old iced coffee because it is Las Vegas. And if you drink hot coffee, well, you start sweating. But okay, anyway, uh, as we finish, as we round this up, uh, you guys know what's up. So like I said, uh, look forward to Tuesday night. We'll have a... Uh, uh, scheduled to have a co-host Jennifer on the show and uh, who knows what we're going to talk about we're got kicking some ideas around as always if you have ideas for troubled mind shows I'd love to hear them please just uh, join the discord link troubledminds.org click the discord and share the uh, share share the information share the links and the, the rest of this stuff and uh, we will uh, we've done all kinds of shows in the past on uh, people submitting information so that's what's going on what's up indiggity dog uh, there you go thanks for the show awesome to watch it says first time chat from this viewer right on thanks for thanks for hanging out in in diggity dog uh, uh so yeah what's going on uh night stalker says 330 feet makes me nervous a little the three three number right three three thirty uh yeah i don't know i don't know uh what's up there it is it's on twitch i remember this time what's up there's rohan the original what's up buddy i thought it was the mighty rohan we got too many man there's too many too many rohans the, the mighty rohan the original rohan rohan the original and of course the famous Liam Martin. What's up? What's going on, guys? All right. So uh, we're winding this down. We are done. Like I said, uh, happy Friday. Uh, have a fantastic weekend, guys. Thank you so much for all, all the love and support. Thank you for uh, just being you. Just just be you. Just do you. And remember, that's good enough. And doggone it, people like you, right? What was that from uh, uh, Saturday Night Live? <laughs>
as Stuart Smalley. But anyway, so I digress. And uh, so as we finish, I'm Michael Strange. This is Troubled Minds News. And uh, we're, we're done. We're done for the day. We'll be back on Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific to do more news like this. And of course, if you want to support the show, you can do it right here on Twitch. You can sign up to Rockfin or uh, there are ways, uh, Patreon, of course, or there are ways you don't have to spend any money whatsoever. Just uh, uh, put on one of our podcasts while you're cooking or while you're doing some uh, laundry or when you're, uh, you know, uh, doing yard work or something. Just uh, just play the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that. There are minimal ad intrusions there and uh, it uh, racks up some pennies. And when you rack up some pennies, pennies become dimes. And I'll tell you what, when, when, when dimes start raining, well, you might be able to buy some things, some, some, I don't know, like a nice meal once in a while. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. The Rohan Industrial Complex. There it is, right? <laughs> What's up, guys? All right, we're out of here. So let's do this. And once again, thank you to everybody. Thank you so much for, uh, for supporting the show. Thank you so much for um, just being you, being cons- uh, considerate, of, of uh, respectful of yourselves and considerate of each other. And uh, thanks for caring. Thanks for caring about this and the world we live in. And thanks for caring about the sovereignty of your mind. That's probably the most important thing here. Is um, is uh, we we uh, our ability to think is sacred, and it should be. We need to fight for it, and that's what this is all about. So, thank you so much for that. Like I said, thank you for caring. Have a happy Friday, a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you Monday. Uh, Troubled Minds News, Michael Strange, and uh, there you go. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Have a great one. Uh, How do I finish? Be sure, be strong, be true. Have a great one, guys. Mark Trouble Wines to yours. Have a nice weekend. Oh yeah, Salcedo Paranormal in one hour. Go give James some love. Salcedo Paranormal, check it out. Finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details.